Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR Grassroots Racing is full throttle every week on Flow Racing, where you can stream over 1,300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage. Subscribe to Flow today to see NASCAR legends, past, present, and future, go head-to-head with hometown heroes at tracks like Bowman Gray, Meridian, South Boston, and more. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Checkered flag in the air, and for the first time in his career, Tyler Reddick has won at the NASCAR Cup Series level. Way to go, Chief! We did it! Yes! I love you, man. You're my hero. Great job. Great job, team. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get you ready for a weekend of firsts and seconds. Allow me to explain. We've got first-time Cup Series winner Tyler Reddick going to join us. Finally made that trip into victory lane over the weekend in the Quick Trip 250 at Road America in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. We've also got... Our first trip to Mid-Ohio this weekend for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We're going to go to the new Atlanta Motor Speedway for the second time this year. That's coming up this weekend as well. So as we button things up on that front, we're also going to ladle in some more for you here on NASCAR Live. We're going to go back to the history of Ohio's own Thor Sport Racing. They've been a powerhouse in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series for decades. We're also going to get a status report on NASCAR Xfinity Series playoff contenders as their push to the playoffs pushes into the ATL this weekend. And we're also going to hear what drivers are expecting this go-round at AMS. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest headlines in NASCAR Nation. Kyle, what do you have for us? Mike, some of the big news coming out of July 4th weekend revolves around Tyler Reddick announcing his plans to stay at Richard Childress Racing for at least one more year. Reddick, who won his first Cup Series race at Road America last weekend, made his 2023 plans known, saying next year is taken care of. The newest Cup winner still doesn't have any plans beyond next season, however. 
and will be a free agent once the 2023 season comes to a close, with many teams expected to be pursuing his talents. In other news, Trackhouse Racing owner Justin Marks will have his name on a NASCAR entry list for the first time since September 2018. When he gets back behind the wheel of the Nice Motorsports number 41 Worldwide Express truck at Mid-Ohio. Marks has plenty of experience at Mid-Ohio, boasting a 2016 Xfinity Series win at the track from his time driving with Chip Ganassi. Trackhouse racing driver Ross Chastain has driven this number 41 truck five times this season already, including a win at Charlotte this past May. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Tyler Reddick will stop by after that big win over the weekend in Road America. And later, Alex Bowman will sit down with our Alex Hayden. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. After five second-place finishes in the NASCAR Cup Series, Richard Childress Racing's Tyler Reddick finally got to victory lane this past Sunday at Road America. That win was a long time coming for the California driver, and he also virtually has locked himself into the playoff field. Tyler sat down with our Kim Kuhn to discuss it all. Those closing laps, though, with the number of times that you have been so close to a win and just had it basically taken from you. What were you thinking as you were winding down, getting closer to the white flag, getting closer to the checkered flag? It was up until about three or four laps to go that, that those thoughts could have become really distracting. And I feel like those things started running through my head probably about 12, 10, 12 to go, right about the time Chase started to close back in. Um, and that's when it became really important to just clear it out of the head, focus on what was at hand, and that's just hitting the corners. I kind of thought that, well, I need to manage my brakes, take care of this, take care of that. And he started to run me back down. I'm like, okay, well, I need to push here. If my brakes burn off, they burn off, but I'm not going to wait till he gets to my back bumper to find out. And right about that time, you know, lap time started going back the right way, and we, we gapped ourselves. So by the time I got to three two, one to go. Um, I was feeling pretty good. Your first win is a big deal. And um, I saw a number of people come to Victory Lane to congratulate you. And it's so awesome to see that. It's obvious that you're well-liked among your peers. And I'm sure your phone was blowing up too. After the race, kind of like after everything settled, was there a message or anything from someone that surprised you or one that you were most excited about congratulating you on the win? Well, I, I can't give you an answer on that yet because I haven't been able to respond or see all the text messages <laughs> I've gotten yet. I think I got about 350 and I'm about halfway through it all. I've got, I got, I'm halfway there, got halfway to go. So <laughs> there was a lot of messages from a lot of great people. Um, you know, when you win a race like this, um, when I've won a race in the past, I've gotten messages, but this was a huge deal. And, you know, pretty much a lot of, a lot of people that, um, I've known throughout my life that have helped me throughout my different stages of my career 
pretty much seemed like I got a text from almost every single one of them. You're part of this crazy 2022 first win club. It seems like you guys in that kind of club. So Austin Sendrick and Chase Briscoe, Daniel Ross, you're all pretty friendly and complimentary of each other. What's it been like to see them win and get to celebrate their win and then vice versa? We obviously saw Austin Sendrick give you a big bear hug in victory lane just to be part of that club this season. It's really cool. Um, you know, starting the year off the way that that it did with, with Austin stepping into the two car with, with Jeremy and, and going out there and just putting together a really, really nice performance and just, just clutch restart and last final laps, doing whatever it took even to his teammate to, to win the Daytona 500. Um, that was just a really awesome way to start the year for me. I, I didn't have a good 500, and I was pretty bummed about it. Um, but to, to, to hang around and watch him win that race the way he did was awesome. And then, you know, looking at guys like Briscoe, you know, he, me, him, and Ross had a crazy battle uh, for the win at, at Phoenix. Um, I know how hard he's wanted it and worked for it. We've, our paths have crossed back in the sprint car days we were much younger that was cool to see um you know seeing ross just be ross muscle his way to victory um was also cool too and there's a lot of people a part of those teams that 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 i've worked with in the past or i know and you know there's a lot of other people involved too that that it's really special too that i that i know as well when i was talking to ross post-race he was so excited for you and he described you like as an animal just an animal of a driver would you agree with that (laughs) <laughs> I, I think Ross is an animal uh, behind the wheel. I, I mean, yeah, I guess I have my moments. Um, the, the the crazier the drive, the more fun it is. So I guess in, in some ways, yes, I, I guess I would emulate that. If I had to have guessed where you would have won this season, and I've had to talk about it a lot throughout the beginning of the year because it's always asked, like, where do you think Reddick's going to win? And I had probably five other tracks before Road America probably actually 10 other tracks before Road America circled as, oh, he could definitely win at that track to get his first win. Because you're so good at all these other places. So are you surprised that this is where you notched your first Cup Series win? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I, With how the year started and the speed that we had, I thought that you know we could have put it together. And I mean, we were capable of it, surely, to put it together before then. You know, I... It may sound full of myself, but you know, when I knew going into Fontana with where we were at with the car and how good we were coming off the clash, I know totally different race track, but just how we, we were just clicking right away with this car. Uh, you know, I felt really good about Fontana. We were fast there and it, it just seems like the places I've really felt strongly about, um, you know, we've, we've been really good at. And I think some of that is how we prepare our confidence going into it, but yeah, um, I thought Road America was going to be one of those type of tracks for us this year. First win or just win in general, I mean, look at it either way. You know, we were here last year. We were we were really strong as well, but we were kind of in a, in a tough spot. Me and Austin were having to race each other, uh, you know, for, for that last playoff spot. And we were having to go for the stage points, flip, you know, not flip the, flip the stage, lose our track position every time. And, you know, we, we found ourselves at the end of that race, I think, seventh or eighth. Uh, but we were all really frustrated because we felt like we could have went up there and competed with Chase and, and the guys that ran up front. So it was nice that we were kind of in a more desperate situation this this time around, and we were pretty much forced to just just flip the strategy and go for the race win. We got to talk about your son, Bo. The footage of him in victory lane is some of my favorite. So cute. 
at what point did he finally wake up? So it looked like he was asleep for pretty much all of Victory Lane. Oh yeah, I think he was. I think he finally woke up. No, actually, no. He slept all the way till he got on the plane. Actually, so I mean, he was he was out for a couple hours, just knocked out. Then we got on the plane. Then he was awake and um, you know flying home, jumping up and down, laughing, celebrating. So uh, everyone on the else on the plane was laughing and celebrating too. So it was all good. But yeah, he's he uh, he likes he he will do everything he can to put his nap off. Uh, but little does he know that when he does that. He just, uh, you know, he, if he would just take a nap when he gets tired, he would he would have a lot more fun. He pushes it off and fights so hard because he just doesn't want to miss out on anything going on that he missed out on, the, you know, our first win and that huge celebration. But we got to celebrate, you know, you know, yesterday and, and everything else. So he got to see some of that. Does he understand, like, what it means to win a race? I mean, he's still very little. Like, what do you, what do you tell him? Like, Daddy's number one. Daddy gets a trophy. Like, does he get it? He gets it somewhat. Yeah, I, I think I think he does. Um, but still, doesn't change the fact that his favorite driver didn't win, and that <laughs> I beat his favorite driver. But but he still understands that it was a win and it was a big deal. You know, he he can he, he he can read the room pretty good. You know, he knew how much of a he saw everyone else's excitement, so he understood how big of a deal it is. As it stands, you're in the playoff picture. We still have, what, eight races left, so there could be chaos. Who knows? But what kinds of things do you guys as a team need to work on to be what you would consider, like, legitimate playoff contenders? Uh, just just keep working on um, – I'm almost kind of like starting over uh, from, from from last week, you know. We, we had a really good week in Road America, so, I mean, here we are. We're now getting ready for Atlanta, and it's let's just – Let's repeat that process. Let's find a little bit more. Let's let's uncover some more information that we may not have that, that could be useful. So we know that we know now, and we've always believed it, but we know now for a fact that we can go out there and do it. Um, so that's reassuring. That that'll hopefully allow us to be more comfortable in, in the situation we're in, and uh, believe in ourselves even more. And hopefully, that's uh, the exact kind of motivation that that we need to to, to find ourselves um, in a good place when these playoffs start. Is it too early to think about things like the fact that Homestead is a track deep in the playoffs and you are really good there? So setting yourself up to get through the rounds, knowing that some of the tracks there at the end, like you have a legitimate possibility to win those races. No, I don't think it's ever too early for that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great to, to set goals and, and, and have high expectations, you know. We're going to have Darlington in the playoffs, you know, tracks like Kansas. We're going to have the Roval in the playoffs. You know, there's there's a lot of really good tracks for me, for this team in the playoffs. And I don't, it's, it's not a bad thing to um, start getting excited about those places that we're going to go to. The best, what, what would be nice is to not have to, you know, rely on those races or those places to get us to where we need to go. But it's always good to know that if things don't go right or if something you know, if, if we have a bad race, whatever it is that we can use, use that to pick ourselves up and motivate ourselves and get us ready for the next thing ahead of us. Having Homestead where it is, um, is a big deal for this team. Um, it is a big deal for the playoffs, I think. A lot of drivers will be really desperate when we get to Homestead, and uh, it should make for a really exciting race later in the year. There's a possibility you in this year, I mean, who knows as a champion, but 
a multi-time winner in the cup series with the number of tracks you are so good at that are left in the season what would be like i mean your first win's one thing but to get multiple wins in a season what would that be like oh that'd be great i mean we're we're here to compete week in week out i, I know that we still have a lot of ground to cover to get to where you know to, to become you know drivers or or teams like 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 some of them towards the front but i mean hey uh I, we've I've done it a few different ways in the Xfinity series. I've, I've been able to compete and find my, myself at, at Phoenix when uh, no one else was expecting it. That one year we did with Junior Motorsports and we've done it the other way with RCR. So it doesn't matter how you get there. It's just a matter of getting there. And uh, it's nice to have gone through it a few different ways with, with different teams and different situations. Um, you know, it would still, it's still a ways out obviously, but uh, I think all of us are, are excited about it. And we're looking forward to these next couple of weeks to just continue to, to expand upon what uh, we did at Road America. And finally, how do you just sum up what you're feeling after the weekend? Is it relief, excitement? Are you overwhelmed? It sounds like you have a lot of text messages to get to. Just yeah. overall emotion after the weekend. Yeah, it, it, a huge sense of relief. Um, oh, what was another word you used? Relief and overwhelmed. Yes, it's a busy week. I knew it was going to be a busy week. Um, well before I, I knew I was going to win a cup race, had a lot going on this week. So yeah, slightly overwhelmed, but it's a good problem to have. Um, but yeah, it was a huge sense of relief to get that done. Um, it was nice that we had Monday off, if you will, with 4th of July. It was really great timing. Um, but yeah, busy week, got a busy day today, got a busy day tomorrow, but hey, that's what we sign up for. The week will fly by. We'll be in Atlanta before you know it and, and, uh, drafting all over that mile and a half raceway. Thank you, Kim. And we congratulate Tyler Reddick on getting win number one in the NASCAR Cup Series. Coming up, we'll hear from Hendrick Motorsports driver Alex Bowman. And later, we go through the history of Thor Sport Racing. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Alex Bowman has secured his playoff spot, and he did it early this year with a win at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Since then, the results have been mixed for the 48 team, but he still sits ninth in the point standings and is coming off a 12th place finish at Road America. Alex Hayden sits down with Alex to discuss where the team is as the push to the playoffs is on. Going back to Atlanta Motor Speedway, a track Hendrick Motorsports had success at on the new configuration. The draft is one thing at Daytona at two and a half miles, at Talladega at 2.66 miles, but what is it like drafting on a mile and a half racetrack? Is it the same or does it feel totally different? It's similar, uh, but also different. Uh, I think things work differently, lanes work differently, handling comes into play pretty early compared to where it does at the other racetracks. Obviously, it's just smaller and and it's easier to put yourself in situations where you have to lift you're not just wide open all day so it's definitely a lot more technical i feel like than the super speedways and the super speedways are more of a chess game i feel like everybody has pretty good cars and atlanta is is a little bit more car driven 
there are times to be aggressive when you're racing, and we saw a lot of that at Atlanta the first go-around. How aggressive do you have to be both on the offensive side of things as well as being defensively protecting your line? Uh, cup racing in 2022, you have to be maxed out aggression level every lap of every race. It's... Um, it's pretty crazy what we've gotten to and what what's kind of expected out of the drivers these days compared to, to the things we do 10 years ago. You'd be getting your ass kicked after the race. So um, it's just become normal. I think the 550 package had a lot to do with that, and it's become so hard to pass with these cars that you just have to be super aggressive offensively and defensively all day long. Let's expand on that because that is part of the dynamic that is this, this sport right now. How do you handle that, knowing that you're going to make somebody mad and realistically somebody's going to make you mad is that one of those things when the race is over you get a chance to decompress and it's over or is that something that continues to go with you and you start putting a, a few names on a list um i think it depends i think there are still people that approach races with give and take and there are definitely people that don't so um you know the the older style racing of, of the give and take stuff is more up my alley i don't I don't like blocking and, and all the stuff that you have to do these days, but um, that's just become a big part of the sport, and if you don't do it, your uh, your performance shows it. So um, just trying to manage that. I, I don't think you really get mad at guys anymore either because literally everybody's doing it. So um, that's just uh, how this racing has, has evolved. Thank you, Alex. Coming up, we'll go through the ups and downs of Thor Sport Racing And later, we'll get a NASCAR Xfinity Series status report. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Let's talk a little NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Thor Sport Racing is the longest tenured team in that garage. They are the defending series champions, and currently all four of their trucks would make the playoffs. One of the most interesting aspects of the team is that they're based in Sandusky, Ohio. Ahead of the trucks returning to mid-Ohio this weekend, we thought it would be a great time to sit back and reflect on the history of Ohio's home team. One team which is synonymous with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series is Thor Sport Racing. Owned by Duke and Rhonda Thorson, the team is the longest-tenured organization in the series and holds the record for most championships at four. The road to success has been full of ups and downs, but those moments have led Thor Sport to where it stands today. Plenty of things make Thor Sport unique, chief among them being that the team is located in Sandusky, Ohio, and not the Charlotte, North Carolina area like the majority of NASCAR teams. Duke Thorson entered the sport as an owner in 1996, just the second year for the tough trucks of NASCAR. Known at the time as Sealmaster Racing, the team entered the now familiar number 88 truck with Terry Cook behind the wheel in three races that year, with the results including a 12th place finish on debut at the Milwaukee Mile. The team competed in 15 races in 1997, but failed to qualify at numerous events. The 1998 campaign, though, brought the team its most successful season to that point, as Cook took the 88 truck to victory lane at Flemington Speedway. 
coming off of turn two. Down the back straightaway. He'll stay right on the bumper of Markham. Coming back through turns three and four as they head to the checkered flag. This is his 33rd start. Terry Cook looking for his first ever NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series win. He'll get it at Flemington, New Jersey. Terry Cook has won the Stevens Beal 200. He has beaten one of the best in the business in Ron Hornaday, who rides home second. Cook remained the pilot of the 88 through the year 2000 until a youngster named Matt Crafton took over the reins full-time in 2001. Crafton was an instant contender for top tens with the team, but he did not immediately find victory lane. In fact, Crafton departed to drive for Kevin Harvick in the 2004 season. As a result, Tracy Hines drove the 88 that year, while the team, which was now known as Thorsport, expanded by adding the number 13 truck that season with drivers such as Jimmy Spencer and Andy Houston. After a career year at KHI, Crafton returned home to Thorsport and the 88 machine in 2005. Crafton was continuously on the list of drivers that seemed poised to get their first win, and that victory finally came at Charlotte Motor Speedway in 2008, nearly 10 years after the first Thor Sport victory. Matt Crafton is going to victory lane at Lowe's Motor Speedway. Matt Crafton comes off turn number four to the line. He will win for the first time in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series tonight, taking the North Carolina Education Lobby 200. What a fantastic finish to a long night of racing. Matt Crafton gets the victory. Thank you, thank you. It's been a long time coming. Uh, like I said, finally they can talk, stop talking about Wins Crafton getting his first win. Wins going to get his second and his third now. The team continued to see success with Crafton while Johnny Sauter came on board and racked up multiple wins in the 13 truck over the next few seasons. The defining year and moment for Thorsport, though, came in 2013. Crafton scored a win early in the season at Kansas, assumed command of the point standings, and the 88 team became the model of consistency en route to winning the championship. That just shows, I mean, you don't have to be in North Carolina to do it. I mean, Duke has always said that since day one, since I came there. I mean, we can do it at a Ohio. I mean, we built this thing as a group. I mean, each and every year we've got it better and better. And like I said, it's it's just been awesome. Like I said, I can't thank them enough. Every one of the people, every one of these guys that work on these teams, every one of the guys that have been behind the scenes that have just worked their butts off, from the guys at the shop to the guys that hang the bodies, the guy that paints them, to every one of them. I cannot thank them enough. Crafton backed that up in 2014 as Thorsport became only the second team in the history of the series to win back-to-back -back titles. Matt Crafton across the stripe. He will finish in the ninth position, and that is good enough. Matt Crafton becomes the series' first repeat champion by coming home in the ninth position. Matt Crafton doing everything he needed to do, and he is the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion for the second year in a row. In the years that followed, Thorsport continued to find success, which in turn led to continued expansion. The team fielded trucks where young drivers like Jeb Burton and Ben Rhodes made their series debuts. Thorsport had become a dominant force and was just hitting its best stride before a fire at team headquarters in the summer of 2016 wiped out more than 40% of the facility. All of the team's suspension, brake, and driveline parts were destroyed. But the Sandusky community rallied around the Thorsport organization and provided makeshift workspaces around town, including the parking lot of a local grocery store. And so it was that despite a fire which had happened on a Monday night, all four of the team's full-time trucks were racing that weekend at the Iowa Speedway. In fact, three of the four trucks cracked the top ten, led by a third-place finish for Cameron Haley.
Oh, it's been crazy. Um, I know some of the guys were there at 12.30 when it started. I got the call about 5. I was there at 5.15 in the morning. And uh, I don't think I left that shop for three days. We just worked our butts off. The whole whole team did. We came together as a community, got it here, and uh, renamed the truck Marshmallow out of all of it, pulled it out of the flames, and now we're sitting on the board. So uh, that's really cool for our accountants by Haley Tundra. Eventually, the team rebuilt its shop, and it has continued to run as strongly as ever. Crafton, for example, scored his third championship in 2019, using consistent performances week in and week out to win the title despite not winning a race. More recently, 2021 marked a season of new highs as Thor Sport became the first team ever to score a 1-2-3-4 finish in a series event as Christian Eckes led the sweep at Las Vegas. That was the first career win for Eckes, and he and Rhodes are never shy in discussing how much Duke and Rhonda Thorson mean to them. Yeah, they're amazing. You know, like I said, they, they gave me a shot in 2021 when, when nobody did, so um, I owe everything to them, you know, all my success the, the past two years. And, it's, it's been an honor and a privilege to race for them and, and to get to know them and, and become close friends. Well, Thor Sport and everybody there is awesome. I, I love the race team and I've been with them now since 2016. And over years, you know, they've, they've you know, given me support and, and have been building me up as a driver. And it's just really nice to be able to, do, to take all that support, turn it around and say, you know, thank you for these opportunities. Rhodes rewarded the Thorsons later in 2021 when he captured the team's fourth series championship, the most for any organization in series history. Off turn four, checkered flag in the air, the 2021 NASCAR Camping World Truck Series champion from Louisville, Kentucky, Ben Rhodes picks up the championship. He is, for the first time in his career, a champion in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Oh God, this is such, such an awesome feeling. Oh. I can't and describe it you know for so long I've been racing in the series and we've never made it to the championship four and now to do it and to win the whole thing I can't even believe it this is so so cool I drove the hardest last 40 laps of my life Thor Sports success has continued into 2022 with all four of the team's trucks currently in the top 10 on the playoff grid led by Rhodes and his victory in the Bristol dirt race and as the series heads to the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in Lexington this weekend, Thor Sport will no doubt have plenty of crowd support as it gets set to compete in front of a home court crowd. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, we'll check in on the NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship standings heading into Atlanta. And later, we hear what the Cup drivers are talking about as they head into the ATL this weekend as well. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Xfinity Series is 16 races into its 33-race schedule, and 10 races remain before their playoffs begin at Texas Motor Speedway in September. Tim Kettlefamo has a status report on the favorites and who has work to do on the bubble. Saturday's Henry 180 at Road America was the 16th race of the 2022 season which means there are only 10 races until the playoffs start 
for the young guns of the NASCAR Xfinity Series. At this point, it's time to start switching our attention to the playoffs and see who are the contenders for the championship, as well as figure out who will be left on the outside looking in. In the Xfinity Series, there are numerous drivers with multiple wins who all seem like favorites for the championship. This season primarily has been dominated by junior motorsports. The team has a combined total of six wins between their four drivers. Here he comes off turn four. He's been the class of the field. Make it official. He is best of show. Justin Allgaier sees the checkered flag, and Justin Allgaier wins the Tennessee Lottery 250 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series here at the Nashville Super Speedway. Justin Allgaier is having one of his best seasons to date. The 36-year-old Illinois native has racked up two wins, seven top fives, and ten top ten finishes. He also is currently in second place on the playoff grid. Allgaier's two wins come at two distinctly different racetracks. The track too tough to tame in Darlington and the concrete jungle of Nashville. In both of these races, he flat out dominated by leading the majority of the laps in both events. At the beginning of the year, many people expected Allgaier to have a good season, although he has been blowing their expectations out of the water while competing for wins on a consistent basis. The question is, can Allgaier keep up this momentum to finally obtain his first Xfinity Championship? Two younger drivers in the Junior Motorsports stable that are looking for their first taste of Xfinity glory are Josh Berry and Noah Gregson. Checkered flag is in the air, and Josh Berry wins the A-game 200 at the Monster Mile at Dover Motor Speedway. Josh Berry picks up the win. The 31-year-old from Hendersonville, Tennessee, picks up his third career NASCAR Xfinity Series win. Earnhardt looks low. Gregson throws the block. And Noah Gregson across the line. And he will score the win in the Ag Pro 300 at Talladega. Noah Gregson, the 23-year-old driver from Las Vegas, is going to victory lane. Just like their teammate Allgaier, these two junior motorsports drivers have been the model of consistency in the Xfinity Series. They both have multiple top 10 finishes this year, and they enter this part of the season with two wins to their credit. Barry's two wins came at Dover and Charlotte, while Gregson won in the desert at Phoenix Raceway and the high banks of Talladega. Although in the case of Noah Gregson, if he wants to compete for a championship, he may have to dial back his aggression. After causing a multi-car wreck last weekend at Road America, which left many drivers hot under the helmet. Simply put, driver number nine may have a target on his back for the rest of the season. Two other championship contenders of the title this season are Ty Gibbs and A.J. Almendinger. 19-year-old driver from Charlotte, North Carolina, pulling away by one, by two, now by three. Car links, it's all over at Road America. Across the line goes Ty Gibbs, career win number eight. Joe Gibbs Racing driver Ty Gibbs leads the playoff grid with four wins and 23 playoff points. Gibbs has shown the strongest pace this season and has been on a roll. Gibbs showed his strength last weekend at Road America by battling the defending Cup Series champion Kyle Larson and coming out on top. The only trouble spot for Gibbs, much like his fellow championship competitor Noah Gregson, is his aggression. Gibbs has made headlines for being aggressive and having numerous run-ins with drivers this season. 
Even though Gibbs is fast, his consistency and knowing when to be aggressive is something he'll have to be mindful of if he wants a shot at the Xfinity Series title. And A.J. Allmendinger, mechanical gremlins yesterday, all kinds of accidents today. A.J. Allmendinger gets it done and finds a way to win at Portland International Raceway. Xfinity Series King of the Road, A.J. Allmendinger currently sits second in the playoff grid, but is leading the regular season championship. He holds a nine-point advantage over Ty Gibbs. This is an important lead to keep as it's worth 15 playoff points going into the start of the 2022 playoffs. AJ also has two wins this year, both at the road courses of Portland International Raceway and Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas. Fans of the Dinger should not only be excited about the advantage he holds at the top of the regular season standings, but due to the fact there are two more road courses left on the schedule before the playoffs start, giving AJ an excellent opportunity to add to his win total this season. With the unpredictable nature of the upcoming schedule, the question is, can anyone else jump into the top 12 and compete for the championship, either by winning a race or pointing their way in? New England native Anthony Alfredo is the closest contender to making the playoffs on points as he is just 72 points out of 12th place. The NASCAR Xfinity Series campaign is heating up and with multiple road courses and super speedways left in the regular season, this will be sure to make every race a much anticipated event. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, we hear what Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and others are expecting this weekend in Atlanta. And later, Susie Armstrong will be here with This Week in NASCAR History. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. The NASCAR Cup Series is heading to the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend, and it will be the first time the Cup Series returns to a track for the second time in the next-gen car. What are drivers expecting? Kyle Ricky has more. The NASCAR Cup Series heads south to the repaved and revamped Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend for the second time this season. The first race there in March was a bit of a mystery, as many of the sport's best didn't know of the track reconfiguration that was geared at having the track more like a super speedway would be successful. The end result was a mile-and-a-half version of Daytona and Talladega, with pack racing and big crashes. Because of that, many drivers view this weekend as another opportunity race as the playoffs draw closer. Denny Hamlin says that could make the race even more intense than the one in March. It could be it could be your second Daytona type of race where, you know, I mean, it was a bit of a crash fest anyway the first time around, but it could be that type of race where people are like, all right, this is my, for, the, for those who think Speedways is my only avenue to winning a race, legitimately you could see the the intensity amping up for those guys when they get to tracks like atlanta and daytona knowing that okay this could be my second to last chance um, to, to make it in so 
yeah, it, it certainly could have the crazy potential. One of the drivers that views this weekend as an opportunity to lock himself into the playoffs is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. The JTG Doherty Racing driver is excited to return after how well his car drove there in the spring. Heck yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back to Atlanta. Our car was so fast there uh, earlier this year. It handled really well, uh, and I felt like it was the class of the field, and, and obviously we blew that tire leading. So hopefully we learned a little bit throughout the season uh, on the tire issues that, that we can maybe help, uh, help ourselves. Again, that's some of the information that we didn't have before the race that we got after the race um, on on some you know tire pressure camber uh, things that definitely would have helped uh, if we had that before the race. Uh, instead, we found out the hard way. But you know, obviously, it being hot and slick when we get you know to Atlanta this time versus you know where we were at the beginning of the season, I think a good handling race car is, is going to be even you know that much more important. And I know Brian, Patty, and my guys. Uh, will give me that. Another driver who was impressed by their team's strength in Atlanta in March was Kyle Busch. He's excited to get back after a crash took him out early in the spring. I felt like we were one of the stronger cars there earlier this year. We just didn't get to showcase it. You know, we got up behind Austin Dillon early in the race. He got loose and spun out and we wrecked. So, you know, we had a little bit of an issue there at the start of the race, just being too loose balance wise. But I felt like we would have been able to work on that as the day progressed and gotten better with it. So, you know, our couple of our teammates were up there towards the end of the race. Christopher got penalized uh, for finishing second. Um, I think Bubba was up real tight, real close, had a shot for the win, crashed on the last lap. So, I mean, it's a speedway race. It's going to happen. Um, but you'd like to be in position at least all the way to the end. One of the more intriguing aspects of this race is that this will mark the first time the Cup Series has gone to a track for the second time since the introduction of the next-gen race car. Road America winner Tyler Reddick is interested to see what kind of improvements his team can make with a full notebook. Well, that one's an interesting one, for, in my opinion, because it's a speedway-type race. Uh, we were actually, I thought we were pretty good when we were there. The last time we had the tire failure, unfortunately, that, that really took us out of that race. But, you know, you'll be able to look at some gains right, but it's more on a speedway-type racing you know, gains that you only really apply to the, I guess, six speedway races we have now, if you count Atlanta, the two races we have there. I wouldn't say it's, a, it's an A to B that we can really take from one place to the other necessarily, um, but it would be interesting to see, you know, from the first time we were there, what improvements. Uh, it sounds like they made a number of them to the racetrack, some of the, the bumps that were in place at, at the speedway. So it'd be interesting to see how some of those details with the track uh, have been changed and hopefully improved. As Reddick says, Atlanta is more of a super speedway now, but being smaller, it certainly has its differences from Daytona and Talladega. Stenhouse says one of the more noticeable differences is the width of the racetrack. Yeah, I would say it was more compressed and, and definitely things happened quicker. Track was a little bit narrower than, than what we're used to for a speedway, which obviously makes it a little bit more tricky as well. And then, you know, when you have such high bank and you're going into the corner, and the radius is tighter, uh, it's harder to see kind of out the corner. And I would say that's maybe the biggest difference. The length of the track, along with the high speeds, had many drivers commenting on how mentally draining the race was in March. Reddick says on top of the mental drain, the race was more physically draining than a typical Speedway-style race. Uh, physically, it was, too. We're, we're zipping around a mile and a half at, at, you know, really high speeds, high average speeds, you know, running upper 180s, you know, the entire lap. And just not a lot of rest down the straightaways because the corners are so long and all the aggressive pack racing that we had really drains you mentally. 
Um, but but I certainly felt like after that race, I was surprised by physically, you know, the toll that it had. Normally, speedways are just purely a mental drain, and it seemed like Atlanta was a little bit of both, and that was surprising. So when we go back when it's hotter, it's going to be even more of that. One aspect that could add to that drain is the summer heat that drivers will face this weekend. With temperatures forecasted near 90 degrees, Denny Hamlin says that brings back some uncertainty in terms of how the track will race. We do, but that track ages so fast because of the heat. I, I'm wondering, will we see that type of racing again at Atlanta? It was already kind of borderline super speedway racing to, it was 80% super speedway racing and 20% intermediate racing. Will that number change to 50-50? Because as the track wears, you're not able to stay as close to your competition uh, because of the aerodynamics of the car. So I think that I'm more nervous to see how much does that track age and how much more grip do we need to build in our cars for that track being significantly hotter and a little bit more warm. Will a driver take advantage of pack style racing and become the 14th winner of the 2022 season? 400 miles on Sunday afternoon holds that answer. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Susie Armstrong has this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to put a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it's time for this week in NASCAR history. Here is Susie Armstrong. Well, thank you, sir. 1972, Sammy Davis Jr. found the sweet spot on the airwaves with the hit single, The Candyman. Susan Rowley and Joanne Pierce take the oath of office, swearing in as the first female FBI agents. And the Silver Fox was wily on the high banks as David Pearson celebrated the 4th of July in Victory Lane, driving the Wood Brothers Mercury to win the Firecracker 400 at Daytona International Speedway. It could be a photo finish as they come across the line. Pearson is in front. Petty goes to the outside. David Pearson has won it. David Pearson has won by maybe three feet. Petty came up the outside. He ran out of room. And Pearson has won this race as he came across the line at over 130 miles an hour by just about three feet. Nineteen eighty-four. There were no tears for Prince as the singer-songwriter topped the Billboard Hot 100 with the smash single "When Doves Cry." The MPAA rolls out the PG-13 rating for films featuring mature content. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, and Harold Ramis fight slimers and demons in the hit comedy Ghostbusters. And Richard Petty crossed the streams at the World Center of Racing, claiming his 200th career victory in the Firecracker 400 at Daytona. Pontiac Trans Am safety car, yellow lights ablaze, the fans are all on their feet, red and blue waving. Harold Kinder displays the checkered flag for Richard Petty, the STP Pontiac of Mike Curb Racing Associates, wrenched by Buddy Parrott. 
will be going to victory lane and it will be Petty's 200th career NASCAR Winston Cup victory, a mark that, well, when Petty won his 100th race several years ago, they asked him what his, his next goal would be and he says, well, to win 200. Nineteen ninety seven, Mark Morrison topped the European charts and shot to number two in the USA with the platinum hit Return of the Mac. Mike Tyson nibbles on Evander Holyfield's ear during a heavyweight title fight, prompting the Nevada Athletic Commission to suspend him indefinitely and withhold the twenty million dollar purse. And John Andretti was champing at the bit for a win, finally scoring his first NASCAR Cup Series victory in the Pepsi four hundred at Daytona. Four wide behind him, but Andretti leads by five car lengths. All that scrambling for second, and now there's trouble up in turn number three. Mark Martin, Ward Burton, and Dick Trickle crash at the top of the banking as John Andretti shoots off turn four to the checkered flag. Car is still spinning and crashing, and turn four is down to the stripe. John Andretti is going to win the Pepsi 400, his first NASCAR Winston Cup Series win, one car length over Terry Labonte. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We'd also like to thank Tyler Reddick, your Road America winner over the weekend in Wisconsin. Also, our thanks to Alex Bowman for joining us. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank you as well for tuning in, and we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everyone. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Wesselman, Julian Council, and Trey Downing. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast.